Welcome back to another episode of Life in the Urban City podcast. I'm your host, Paul Hudak, and today I'm blessed and privileged to have Juan Soto in today. We're continuing the conversation on recovery. This is our last one wrapping up. Juan, welcome. You want to do a quick little introduction of who you are? Mm -hmm. Yeah, my name is Juan Soto. I'm a project specialist for Partnership for a Positive Pomona. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for being here. Also, if you guys are listening and you're from the Pomona area, you might have heard it's P3. Mm -hmm. And and the reason why is because... uh, I am already tongue tied. I can't come up. And so I'm already messing it up. So they just made it really nice for us and just, Hey, we're P3. Awesome. So, um, yeah, just do you mind jumping in? We want to kind of just share, like, what do you do for P3? Yeah. So as project specialist, um, one of the biggest obligations that I have to the coalition is just providing strategies, um, and education to the coalition members and also to our youth component. Mm -hmm. So we have a youth group called Pomona's youth prevention council. Um, and a lot of the thing that I, a lot of the things that I do is just kind of providing education on the different substances. Right now, we're mm-hmm. focusing a lot on marijuana, alcohol, RX drugs, prescription drugs, and we're starting to kind of pick up a little bit on, on the meth side of prevention. So we're going to start talking a little bit more about that. Okay, awesome. So w- this is really interesting for us because the last two individuals we interviewed were all about recovery, mm-hmm. and this is about prevention. Mm-hmm. And I think what's really key is. Prevention is a form of recovery because you're preventing any opportunity for them to go down that line of recovery. So, and I I guess with that being said, when you're working with youth, is there any, what's something interesting that comes up when you're talking about prevention? Because a lot of times they see it, they know about it. uh, And yeah, I'm I'm just curious, what do you see in the youth culture when it comes to these drugs and substances? Yeah. So one thing that we do know is that alcohol still maintains to be like the most popular drug of choice. You know, whenever someone's going to start using, right, it's always alcohol. And the reason why is because if you go out, there's just so many liquor stores, right? And mm. that ease of access, it just makes it so easy to access. So we we find a lot that our youth um, are experimenting usually with that. Mm. And then next to that is marijuana. And another reason for that is just, again, ease of access. They can get it from a friend or from a family member, right? Yeah. And just recently, um, prescription drugs, right? So we've been telling a lot of families, reminding them not to keep any prescription drugs at home if they're expired or if they're unwanted, you know, Mm -hmm. just try to get rid of them um, uh, in a safe way. Don't just throw them in the trash, right? Um, Go to a safe drop-off location. There's one here in Pomona's Police Department in the lobby. And I know not anyone's going to feel comfortable going there, but there is also another one at the Western University's um, pharmacy. And Mm -hmm. those are two places that I know for sure that exist here in Pomona where people can drop those meds off. So it's very unfortunate, yeah, that a lot of our youth, yes, they're using. um, And we try to avoid um, having them going down that path of like spiraling out and getting addicted and stuff because we want to avoid that whole problem in the first place, right? So... I like to say that whenever we're talking about substances to the youth, um, mm-hmm. we're not saying that we're abolitionists, that we don't want these things at all in our city, right? Because at some point, they're going to be 21 years old, right? And they're going to be able to legally purchase alcohol and marijuana, right? But we just want them to make that better informed decision for themselves. So we just talk to them about the potential harms that these these substances can do to them at a very young age when they're in high school or middle school. Yeah, well, that's really good. And I guess with that, are, are youth surprised about some of the negative side effects of these things? Because a lot of times they just know it's like, all right, it, it gets me out of the the issues that they're dealing with, whether it's the trauma, the abuse at home, 
you know, the lack of food and, you know, they just do it to just escape. And so what, what is something that, you know, are, are you surprised when they hear some of these prevention stuff? Is that, you know, is that the whole like scare straight kind of mentality kind of thing or what? Yeah. What do you see? We try not to scare them. Right. Yeah. Um, because we know that that never worked. I think some of the, some of the programs that have been historically, I guess, um, didn't work right i think yeah. there was one of them mm-hmm. that was like the one where they had a police officer come up to classrooms and talk to them about like the dangers of drugs and ironically it had the opposite effect it got more people interested in doing these things and so one of the things that does surprise them is that for some of them that are brand new to prevention they know that what alcohol might be right we tell them that is a drug mm-hmm. um and most of the time they're like what it's a drug like i see it all the time it's in stores it's in liquor stores yeah it's in the grocery you know aisle and all that so that's one thing that they get surprised about another one is that marijuana is addictive right so Mm. there's that myth that oh marijuana is natural and it's good for me and you know i can't get addicted and yes many people who do use marijuana right they don't exhibit those same symptoms of addiction as someone who's like addicted to heroin or cocaine because those different addiction symptoms just show up differently right yeah um and I think another one that surprises them is just, um, I think, prescription drugs. Because mm-hmm. I think even adults, we get into thinking like, oh, prescription drugs are are safe. They've been prescribed by my doctor, right? And yeah. there's a big potential for abuse, especially if, if someone's misusing them, right? In another way that the doctor didn't tell them to, to use them. Yeah, and also, I mean, just prescription drugs could be just so addicting, as a whole right there's that whole opioid um addiction you know i think it was um oxy that was like really coming out and there's just like pill mills that they're just signing things and getting them out and causing addictions and you know vicodin just just the same um you know i remember when i was in high school i got my wisdom teeth removed and they prescribed me vicodin i was like oh my gosh this stuff's good (laughs) like no wonder if people get addicted like i I feel it like Mm -hmm man, there's no worries. I'm just hanging out. My teeth don't hurt, you know, and it's a real thing. Um, and so I think that's really important. And on the prevention side, I, I'm curious of your thoughts on this because a lot of times um, youth don't know. I think that's kind of where it comes to like the dare side of things and what kind of lets the negative um, results of it is sometimes they don't, they have no idea. And then once they're told, they're like, huh, I'm going to go try it out now. Let's see if, the, if this is really true. Mm-hmm. And I guess on the prevention side, is that anything that you guys are concerned about? Or, or so how do you um, edge that so that there aren't a lot of people now that they hear about it? It's like, oh, let me go try it. That's a good question because we do know that youth are definitely going to experiment with mm-hmm. substances at one point. Um, I think yeah. it's inevitable for any teen to go to school nowadays and not have someone come up to them and be like, Hey, try this out. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the ways that we curb that is just by providing that education before the curiosity kind of mm-hmm. begins. Right. Because if we get to them after the curiosity, um, you know, they might already think like, Oh man, maybe I should just try this and just see what happens. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that, uh, that youth are going to experiment, but we just hope that, um, by the time that they do experiment, they at least know what some of the potential harms are before they keep on using before it becomes habitual. Yeah, no, that's really good. And I mean, what do you do, um, when, when youth are curious and they want to try, like, do you tell them like, Hey man, it's okay to try it. Like, 
or do you like no like don't do it is it helpful to help create like set morals and values for them it's like hey i don't want to consume things that alterate my state of mind um so i've never really had a youth ask me like um like can i just go and try this but you know i think my straight answer would be like no just don't um don't even bother with it because next thing you know um not to say that it's a slippery slope right um but sometimes um someone might like it more and there's that um susceptibility to addiction right um i think more people different people are kind of um susceptible to different types of addiction right so i think if everyone in a certain room was to try any given substance then you're gonna have some that just didn't like it they don't want to do it <laughs> anymore and it's just not for them and for others it's gonna be like this is this is giving me something that i don't get within myself right yeah and i think you mentioned like the reason a lot of the youth do end up getting kind of um i guess hooked on certain substances whether it be weed alcohol or different drugs is because they grow up with a lot of um trauma right mm -hmm. and they have those adverse childhood experiences where you know maybe they grew up without a in a single parent household maybe they mm -hmm. grew up with someone who was going to jail maybe they're involved with gangs or they're yeah. surrounded by that whole culture right and so those things can be very traumatic for someone growing up and maybe because of all that stress all that trauma growing up there's something that's not kind of um that they missed out on right they missed out on maybe love and affection and they mm -hmm. think that maybe certain substances you know it gives them those endorphins the dopamine kick and they finally feel something they did that they didn't feel before right so yeah. I think that's one belief that I have at least is okay. um, a lot of the youth are just kind of using because they're, they're just growing up very troubled and troubled homes. Yeah. And no, that's really good. And I guess in part of the prevention, do you guys talk about self care at all of like how to healthily reduce the stress, the anxiety and the trauma in one's life? Absolutely. Yeah. We talk to them and we always tell the youth that self care is very important. Um, mm -hmm. I think one of the, and I give, I like to give them a lot of credit, especially, especially the generation right now that is going into high school and middle school, they talk very openly about mental health. And I think that's a really good thing because when I was in high school, I started high school in 2009. Um, back then, I think depression and all those mental health issues weren't really talked about. They were just kind of shoved under the rug, especially if, and it kind of still exists today, right? The, um, like men don't cry and all that stuff, whatever and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, I think back then it, it, it hurt more than it helped yeah to not talk about it because most people just wanted to ignore those issues and then here we are a couple of years later and certain people are coping with certain stressors by different means and sometimes that involves substances so we definitely do tell them like please exercise self-care always carve out time for yourself no matter what you're doing no matter how busy you are please always make time for yourself whether it be on a daily basis or at least Something that's often, right? Something that just becomes a second nature, a habit, something you do without it even really thinking about it because we don't want them to treat self-care as like a chore or a yeah. piece of homework. Mm -hmm. No, I just remember when you said, oh, nine, I said, man, that's when I graduated high school. Uh, and I just started laughing because you're right. When I, growing up, you know, depression and suicide, that's something you saw on TV, either in a show or something, or like, oh, don't take this drug because it might cause, you know, these, I was like, wait, like, these things are, these are real. And it wasn't until I went through those feelings. And I was like, dang, like these are real. And it's not just something that people advertise on TV or anything like that. Um, and I and definitely, especially in different cultures, 
I know especially in the Hispanic and the Latinx communities, like, and your man suck it up, like, you know, you know, you're a man, yeah, you know, machismo styles. Like, exactly, you know, like I was you, just going to say. Yeah, the machismos, and then, you know, which creates this divide where, like, sometimes, like, no, the women could express themselves, but then the man's like, nah, dude, you're, you're not like that. And then it just leads to, it's like, well, how do I express myself? And a lot of times that's where it's like, well, I just don't feel. And how do you not feel? You consume substances. And I, I remember one time um, where I, after that, I made sure I was really strict on myself because one day here at Justice for Youth, I had to make five um, abuse, child abuse calls in seven days. And that night, at the end of the seven days, after the fifth call, I had a fundraising event. Went to, and they had a, an open bar and everything. You know what? I took a sip of a drink, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Everything just disappeared. And I was like, I understand why people get addicted. And I made sure that moving forward, that will never, I would never have that feeling again because it's a scary thing. And knowing that there's this one thing that's so simple, you can just take a sip and all of your worries go away is scary. Um, and I understand why it's addictive. And so for me, that's why I make sure I implement self-care on a daily basis. I do my best not to take my work home. Um, I try to turn my phone off or not mm. look at it. Um, and ho hopefully I just deal with staff issues versus like youth issues. Cause man, the youth issues is what really will hurt staff issues. It's like, all right, we can handle it. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just, it's difficult. And so I kind of want to go back a little bit. You kind of threw something out there and, and it kind of triggered something in my mind. I was curious, what are, what are some of the trends that you're noticing? So, with families that have addictions in them, whether a parent, you know, father or mother are addicted to drugs or alcohol, do you see more youth falling down that same path of getting addicted themselves or them going the opposite of like, no, I'm not touching this with a 10 foot pole? Yeah, I think there's two sides to that because we know that there are youth that when they have family who use and they see it every day, right? Whether it be their mom or dad, that's an alcoholic or another guardian. Um, they are more likely to, they themselves become someone who also copes with that safe substance throughout their teenage years, right? Yeah. And then I've also heard the opposite, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, I don't want to be like my mom or I don't want to be like my dad. You know, they're, yeah. they're alcoholics and they don't treat me right. And, you know, they don't give me the love that they do. They'd rather, mm -hmm. you know, stick with the bottle and just kind of cope with the problems that way rather than um, spending time with the family. So... I think we just, um, something that we do know is just, um, if a young person is coming from a home that is troubled, whether maybe they've been physically or sexually abused or, you know, violence happens in the home, mm -hmm. they see their parents arguing all the time. Um, they get the message that maybe they're not loved. Right. And mm -hmm. so that's why they start to kind of maybe distance themselves. They start to question who they really are, whose life is it anyways. Right. And they kind of, when the substances are introduced, whether it be in middle school or high school, that kind of becomes their crutch. Mm -hmm. This is something that I can use to cope with because, as you mentioned, it, it's something that is as easy as just drinking and suddenly all your problems are gone, right? And so that's not the best way to cope. For some people, you know, that is a coping mechanism, but we tell them that is a negative mm -hmm. um, coping mechanism. So sometimes just people find themselves using those substances because it fixes their problems there but in the long term um it's not helping them out at all yeah and then i guess 
when you are working with parents or if you ever interact, like what are some recommendations that you would have for parents or even like if you become a parent yourself, what would be some steps that you would take with your kids um, to help edge that opportunity for them to become addicted to any substance? I think one of the things I tell parents is that um, always talk to your youth. Um, they know about these things. They know that weed's in their schools. They know that some of their friends or peers in school are drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. Just have an open and honest conversation with them. Don't try to, um, don't try to, I guess, tell them like, and don't come from a place of authority, I guess is what I'm trying to say, because mm-hmm then they might act rebellious, right? They might say like, oh, why does my mom not want me to do this or that? Just ask them like, you know, be very transparent. And I tell parents, you know, ask them like, what do they know so far about alcohol? What do they know so far about weed? And, you know, we try to provide our parents with that same education on like what these substances do, what they are. That way that they can also tell their their youth, their kids, um, because they think that their, their kids aren't listening to them. They think that, oh, you know, I've tried having this conversation and they're just not listening. But the reality is, is that they are listening. Um, teenagers do care what their parents have to say. So I always let them know, like, please talk to them. Because if you don't tell them about these things, they're going to get their sources from online or from other friends. And we all know that, you know, kids think they know it all and they really don't when it comes to what the harms are on alcohol. They're still learning that, you know, it really does change your brain and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. They think that a lot of the symptoms that they see, the negative symptoms or like, you know, alcohol gives you blackouts. It gives you, um, what's it called? Hangovers. Mm -hmm. They think that that's where the buck stops. But the reality, the reality is, is that for someone that's an alcoholic, it's literally changing your brain chemistry. It changes your brain. Addiction is a disease of the brain. It's not just the choice. Yeah. And then the destruction of your liver Mm -hmm. and all of that. Yeah. No, I, I, it's, it's really important. I think what you said was key. Ask them what they know versus you going and telling. And it's a lot better to be inquisitive and asking questions and hearing. And it's like, oh, you think that? Well, that's interesting. Here, let me share you the truth. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I always joke with my wife and stuff. It's like, you can find any answer online to any opinion. Mm-hmm. So whether or not you want something to agree or disagree with the statement, you could find it online. Say, hey, look, it's sh- see, I told you it's true. It's like, well, it's half truth, right? Or, you know, we, I saw this on TikTok one time, and this is where I saw it. <laughs> or, you know, and I mean, these kids nowadays don't really use Instagram. It's, it's, it's TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if they're still using Snapchat or not, anything like that. <laughs> but there's so many of these media tools out there that are just sharing things and Again, they are half truths. Um, they're not sharing everything, and I think if it's important, like one thing that I always talk with my wife about too is, um, you know, raising our kids and having set morals and values. You know, if you're not having these conversations, you're not talking to them. They're going to come up with their own belief systems exactly. that aren't family related, and it's not what you believe as a family, um, as you know, parents. And so you want to have those things and create those conversations so that they do know. Um, and so what would you say? Okay. I'm your student. I'm not consuming any uh, substances and I don't have any addiction issues, but I see my peers. Well, how would you recommend it for me so that I can encourage my peers to be like, Hey man, let, let's take it easy on the vape pens. Let's not take the Xanax bars, you know, and let's not do this. And not, you know, 
let's try to do some other healthier options. Um, I think because uh, some of our youth have shared that their friends and peers are using at school and they also ask us, like, how do I get them to stop or, mm-hmm. you know, what can I how can I steer them away from them? Right. So I think one thing is that they should get involved in something, whether it be a youth group or whether it be just a club mm-hmm. surrounding themselves and getting making those connections with other youth that maybe aren't using. Yeah. Because then when you start to surround yourself with um, other people that, you know, have different, different outlooks or different like lifestyles, you know, and it doesn't involve any, any of those substances like vaping or drinking. Right. I think those youth are going to be more likely to start to pick up on that and they start to kick that habit. Right. I think another thing um, going back to just making that connection is just, having them get connected to resources or well, not specific resources, but just kind of, again, just expanding that social network outside of just that small circle of friends that are all using alcohol or Mm -hmm. vapes and whatnot and getting involved with other, you know, opportunities where they can kind of channel their energy and get involved in activities and just kind of see and have that pride in their community because A lot of the times when I've spoken with youth who I I can't confirm that they've used, but you know, they, they know the lingo, they know all these things, right. They use the slang terms and all that. And to me, it sounds like, oh, they're probably either their friends or they themselves may be vaping or something. Um, Just kind of informing them on these, on these issues. Right. And letting them know, like you need to take pride in what Pomona is because they grow up in the city and they see it all the time. They see, you know, people out there on the streets, unfortunately, who are, you know, have an issue with drugs. They have that substance use disorder and they grow up thinking like, wow, well, you know, what's the point of having pride in my community if everyone's like out here bashing each other? And that's not true. Um, There are, there are so many opportunities here for youth to get connected and just kind of um, plug themselves into those positive social networks that, you know, at least channel those positive morals and ethics where, you know, that don't involve drug use. Yeah. So if anyone wants to get connected with P3 or the youth council, how would they do that? So they can find us on Instagram at partnership for a positive Pomona. And for our youth leadership group, it's PYPC Um, on Instagram. I believe it's at underscore PYPC Pomona's youth prevention council. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Cause I know sometimes youth are listening to this or parents and they, you know what, like, Hey, let's, I want to get connected. I want to learn more. Even youth workers, like, I really like what Juan was saying. Maybe I could get pick his brain some more about, you know, some some conversations or some some questions even to ask, um, because questions are key. Um, so, no, thank you so much for joining today, Juan. It was a, it was a pleasure having you here. I think this is really important on prevention when it comes to substance abuse. Um, so, if anyone has any questions or any thoughts, definitely reach out to us leave a comment, leave a review on our podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback and maybe talk about some things that you as a listener have an interest in as well as like, again, just follow us at, at justice for youth um, on all of our social media platforms or ju4y.org. And you can just email us as well to info at ju4y.org. So thank you everyone so much for tuning in this time to life in the urban city podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.